This is a quick breathing exercises. <laughs> Great. Wonderful. Let the demons out. Let the angels in. They've been in the outfield for so long. Let them in. You know the movie? Yeah. Angels in the yeah. outfield. Danny Glover. I never saw it. Or Christopher Lloyd, maybe both. You can keep saying names. I've never seen it. I can't fact check you. I remember in the But you know soda. who can? That CNN guy. <laughs> the real fast talking guy that yeah. you liked a lot. Mm-hmm, I loved him. Um, this is the Pilot On podcast. Yes, it is. How are you doing, Grace? I'm well, Elliot Morgan. How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, we did a different type of episode last week where we yeah. talked to you guys and you guys emailed us a bunch of stuff. And this week, it's Grace's turn. Yeah, well, I mean, to give a little bit more um, detail there, we changed mm -hmm. our format, and it's not just a one-time thing. We want it to be an every-time thing. All the time. And the format has gone from only talking about uh, reality television that many people have not seen to now uh, talking a bit about reality television that many people have not seen, and in addition to that, answering questions and giving advice um, from you guys uh, sending in emails to us at, at pilotonpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And I have to say, because it was my turn this week to go through our inbox, uh, I'm just so smitten with everyone that sent in questions and stories and concerns. Sweet They're people. so lovely. They're so funny. You guys are just sweet. You're good people. Even in their darkness, some of them are so sweet and silly that it brought me so much joy. And I can't wait to get into them today. I'm excited. Yeah, I feel very uh, just in general pretty reclusive, and this is my uh, in in life. So this is mm -hmm. a nice way to touch base with other humans in a very friendly way. Yeah, it's great. I also feel like we have that very NPR steady, slow, slightly melancholy. Yep kind of tone to it's us. like 9 a.m so this is a pretty big deal for everybody I yeah think. we're up cheers, and at them cheers coffee. okay my cup says i'm introverting currently introverting it was a gift and i love it very dearly get away i'm introverting go away do you know how to read is this how we find out that you are actually illiterate <laughs> what is that cup says please go away i'm introverting it's all the same don't have me <laughs> don't talk to me till i've coffeed but first, but first coffee. caffeine. Um, okay, but first, let's get into some questions. I'm excited, Grace. Okay, this first one. Um, I guess I, we should not disclose people's names. We did say we wouldn't do that, yeah. If you um, want us to disclose your name or don't give a shit, feel free to say that in your email. But unless you do, I will be very discreet. Also, I haven't read these, so the, right. the, that's how we're doing it. Each we week, one of us is going to present the other with the ones that we've read. Here we go. Okay. The title of this email is, My Dog is Blind, Not Sleeping! Three exclamation points. <laughs> okay. Hi, Grace and Elliot. I'll just get right to it. I have a blind rescue dog who has no eyes. He's, an ama uh, he's amazing and the most friendly pup. Basically, he was born without great vision, so he gets around really well. It's kind of astounding how well he does. This means when we're out and about, people often don't notice he's blind until they see that he doesn't have eyes most of the time. Sometimes people will look at him while he's walking or when he's coming up to say hi or literally licking their hands and say something like, Oh, he's sleeping or wake up, buddy. That's when I usually say, he's blind. And weirdly, only about 50% of the time people say, oh, and get it. So many people just don't take that in and will say something like, oh, he's so tired. Strange. 
My question is... He's so tired he went blind. <laughs> well, he has no eyes. He got no eyes. So my question is, how can I make this interaction more entertaining and comedic for me? Oh, <laughs> it's great. great question. I know. Y'all are hilarious people. I love your input on this. Um, and... If you guys, uh, the, this person has attached photos of Hux, the dog, oh, for reference. I like how last but week I, you specifically were like, don't try just to send dogs. There were a lot of dog photos, which is great. But uh, they said, I've attached photos of Hux for reference. And just because I'm not a fucking monster. <laughs> and these are pictures of Hux. Look at this little thing. Oh, my goodness. Incredible. Look at that pup. And if you guys want to see Hux, uh, they've given us Hux's Instagram it, the handle is at Hux Hears, H-U-X-H-E-A-R-S, if you want more Huxley. Wow, look great, at best this. case scenario for a dog and got no eyes. I know, and for you guys, I really think you should go check out Hux so you can experience the full beauty that is this creature and really revel in how we can help make this interaction of this dog with humans more fun for its owner. Um, I'd melt. I think I'd lose my mind if I met Hux out in the street. Oh, this is an incredible dog. Look at that it's pose. a little white fluffy thing. It looks like a little Falcor. Yeah. Uh, but it just because he uh, he doesn't have eyes, it looks like his eyes oh, are he closed. No eyes. It looks like he's just sweetly enjoying the scents and the air of the outside. Well, my first thought with this, because this is this is the kind of level of important question that I like to dive into. Yeah, this is the first one I read, and I was really nervous that it would be questions that are extremely serious and outside the realm of anything uh -huh. we should be trying to give advice on. And then I read this. I was like, this is wonderful. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I would just scream. He's got no eyes. I wouldn't even say. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I, I would just go. He's got no. He got no eyes. I think. Yeah, that's very funny. That's I also think there's something there about um, saying that he's like a real judge of wardrobe. Because it looks like he's just in disgust of whatever someone's wearing in mm. front of them. Like, oh, you decided no. to wear that. <laughs> he's blinded by the ugly. Yeah. Uh, or you can just say he looked into an eclipse. That's good. He looked into an eclipse is very good. He looks uh, he's so <laughs> he's cute. He's so happy looking. He al you also could Hux. say he's just an incredibly animated sleepwalker. Mm -hmm. um, or that he's always posing like an instagram model uh -huh. like he's posing his face the looks like laugh. he's constantly half laughing at a music festival yeah and oh what a treat <laughs> but i love that uh hux's owner they have just such a already great sense of humor i mean you now have you to with it? this little bundle of joy oh he's sleeping no no, he's blind. No, he, he doesn't have eyes. <laughs> what if he is sometimes sleeping, though? Do you end up waking Hux yeah, a lot <laughs> up a lot? From his poor How dude you... probably is tired. How do you know if he's sleeping or if he's just sort of watching you yeah, exist? smelling you, <laughs> kind of seeing a general shape of you. It's crazy. It's so cute uh. how they can, like... What if you get take the eyes and they they can still make it look like he's got like little squinty. Yeah, like he's squinting yeah. his eyes. What if you get little dog glasses? That's good. Or you get sunglasses. And when someone goes to pet him, you take the sunglasses off and you just say his eyes have to adjust. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very photosensitive. He's sensitive to the outside. Well, I would love to know why, where, what happened to the eyes? between the eyes, between the poor sight and the no eyes. But uh, 
Good oh. for him. Yeah, dogs are, yeah, they don't care. And uh, I just think it's incredible. I mean, one, this dog doesn't realize that he's a different dog. Uh, and he's just walking around being a great inspiration of like, hey, I'm getting around living my best life. <laughs> I want to know more about these people that are just walking up thinking that the dog's sleeping outright. And the dog's like getting pet and licking, licking. them back, but he's still sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> this is a sleepy. He's so sleepy. Sure. Ooh. All right. That's, I mean, that's fun. Good for, I mean, who is this? Oh, we can't say the name, right? We're not saying the name. Well, yeah, I'm sure they go back to. on everything. <laughs> yeah, who is this? What's their social security I'm number? Sure, yeah, we'll hang out the Instagram, but no, no. Any other advice on how to make this more fun? T-shirts. Yeah, costumes. Yeah. Costumes. Also, I'm trying to think of any notable celebrities that have like tired, squinty eyes to begin with. Oh, um, De Niro, Robert De Niro. It looks like right. it's doing a little Godfather type of impression. Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you could get a t-shirt that says seeing eye person. Oh, that that's a seeing eye owner. That's a great idea. Dress yourself self up as perhaps a big cane or walking stick. Get the dog um, a t-shirt that over like where the tits would be. Say my eyes are tits? up there. What are we gonna, did you just go hard <laughs> stern tits? <laughs> No, I'm saying one of my favorite shirt ideas for women are my eyes are up here. Oh, know. yeah, yeah. My eyes are, what was it? My, my eyes. eyes are uh, up here. But <laughs> my eyes are not here. My eyes are not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These are not the eyes you were looking These for. Eyes. I got no eyes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what is a good one to move on to. Okay. This is a little in line. Um, and this title of this email got me good. <laughs> the proof is in the piss is yeah. the title of this email. Hi, guys. I work in the substance abuse treatment field and sometimes have to do an instant drug screen test called a, quote, quick cup. Basically, the guy will pee in a fancy cup that indicates to me if they recently used Ill illegal substances. They always claim that they didn't use, but they're usually lying. It's always so awkward when I go to read the results because it means I will instantly catch them in a lie. How do you guys deal with confronting liars uh, and trying to force them to be honest? This is interesting. Yeah, that is super interesting. Yeah, one, what a wild job. And um, kudos to you for having to do that job. I would be to, I'd be an anxiety stress mess yeah. of holding people accountable for stuff like that. Because I'd be like, ah, I know. You, you, we all had crazy weekends. And in this world, sometimes mm -hmm. you're going to want to let loose. But, <laughs> which is not the right way to react. So the question, yeah. So the question is, it's so awkward. He's got to do a quick cup with these people. They always tell this guy that they haven't used, but they're obviously lying. And it's always awkward when he's going to be like, so the results are you lied. Um, how do you confront liars and trying to force them to be honest? I mean, I my obvious go to is you have to have a sense of humor about it and be like, I got to do a quick cup. And if they're like, I didn't use. And you're like, I know you did. I think you did. Have a great time in there. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to prove me wrong. You should put on the front of your computer a picture of Maury taking out the results from the you are not the father. <laughs> and just yeah. have that staring at them as they hand over the, the cup. Mm -hmm. uh, dealing with liars, is that's a funny thing. I've done that before. I think you're right that you have to have a sense of humor about it. But in a workplace environment, I don't know how you do that. In a personal environment, I think it's way easier. You just have to ask a bunch of questions and then go okay yeah all right really i'm trying to think if i were lying 
if I were trying to pretend to someone that I didn't use drugs, but like we're in a substance use treatment field, so it's that's crazy baked in. That's a whole yeah. The stakes are real. It's nuts that you would lie about that, right? When Is you there, know, and I don't know the temperament of the type of people that you're working with in general. Is there a way to introduce some sort of reward system for when they do prove you wrong and have passed the quick cup? Like, can you give them, <laughs> is there like a king quick cup that you can give them and make it dumb and fun? A king quick cup? Like you know, like a... king cup is like a drinking game. Oh, yeah. And yeah, then yeah, you can that. give them like, I don't know, some sort of way to build on that. Have you ever, though, like, I think you should do whatever the protocol is for your Well, your obviously, job. yeah. And that's it. Because I have no idea how to deal with substance abuse centers or people. But in your personal life, when you deal with liars, what do you do? Do you I say- I get so disappointed. Well, I mean, like, look at our president. He's like a lying yeah. person that constantly yeah. lies. And we were talking about this the other day. Like, I really try to understand the people that follow him. Like, I really try to have some kind of compassion to really try and figure out the right way to talk to people that isn't just being like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Like, how could you think that way? Like, really try to understand what could make them see more clearly what's happening. Uh, And uh, like we said, it's this rhetoric of like convincing yourself of a truth so hard that you believe your own lie. Yeah. And I think that's maybe what's happening here. We're living in a weird, a weird time Mm -hmm. where lying is becoming a coded. It's all coded language and all like, like the lie itself doesn't matter because it's a little wink to who's in your in group. Like, and it's so crazy and sad and it makes people feel like they're in some kind of a, like identity thing. Like mm-hmm. there's a, they got some kind of in group and some kind of community because I guess everybody feels so lost that they've reduced it entirely down to like nationalism and like I'm an American and like yeah. they, can't you be something you don't be something that's like, yeah, you're an American, that's awesome. But there's a whole bunch of layers that get more and more specific that you can identify as as a person that doesn't necessarily mean you have to hate other people. Yeah. I wonder if in this situation uh, <laughs> you're be- trying to bring it back to this i'm trying i'm really trying to like <laughs> offer something helpful here that isn't just quacking bullshit uh yes. and then shitting on the president who is an awful liar I've but talked, i i'm wondering if because because it's so normal for people to uh to lie about this that that's so commonplace that it's not disappointing to anyone because it's they've normalized it if you got to like swing the pendulum the other way. You got to find the coolest guy in this treatment field and get them to test negative in the drug quick cup. Get them to make it cool to test negative yeah. and to not be shown. I don't know how you do that, but find or, the coolest guy, the one who's usually wearing a leather jacket and smoking a cigarette, yeah. like at a safe distance from the outside of the facility. Pop collar. You know who he is. Yeah. He's always going, hey. Hey. <laughs> Drugs. And then he gets in his time machine and he goes back to 1950. We haven't been out in a long time. Uh-uh. Uh, I think you also, you enter into the fantasy with them 100%. So if they're like, I didn't take drugs and all their tests come back positive, you can be like, man, what's crazy is crazy you didn't take any drugs because this machine just said you're taking <laughs> everything. And I'm going to run this right up to the top. I'm going to take this to my boss, yeah. that boss. I'm going to tell them they need to take it to their boss and we're going to get to the bottom of all these positive results. And then maybe they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry, I didn't. No, you're good. We're all elbows. 
We're just, yeah, we're seven elbows. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you can either have fun with it and make it this big to do, but I have a feeling these uh, humans won't give a shit about that. You know how much easier life gets when you don't lie about stuff? It also, gets so much simpler. Also, maybe if you care so much about this, and you, okay, now I'm circling back and going back on what I said. So, if you make this a big fucking to do, if you make the quick cups like, holy grail looking like cups and you goblets. make it this big Quick goblets. you dress up like you know a knight you make it a whole medieval times experience we got turkey legs in the corner that they can eat if they pass with their fingers with their fingers if they pass this drug test you have a fair maiden that they can look at if they want i mean i'm assuming these are all males that's not that just thing. sounds like an event i'd want to do drugs to you go just, to. i'm just saying turn this, this into a tiny <laughs> medieval times and these guys will test positive for drugs probably yeah that just makes more fun well, uh, good luck good luck don't lie i don't think i mean this person's not lying everyone's lying to this person <laughs> no i know not her but uh but that's it's uh i i think the best thing you can do as one last parting piece of advice is to not get disheartened by how many people are lying around you and think that that's the right way to be don't get sucked into that system yeah that's it Hell yeah. <laughs> okay is this going so well for you guys so far do you feel good about this so far i feel like we've talked like a lot it's and chill. not really given good mm -mm. advice which is probably how this is always going to go okay um this i think is an, a question that uh, a lot of people can probably relate to right now the title of this email is help is chemistry slash intimacy possible in quarantine dating Okay. Hello. I went into quarantine with a partner and ended things in June. It was a brief relationship that began just before the pandemic. I was not living with the person, so the separation was easier than other... <laughs> Goose is, of course, needing attention right now. So the separation... Go. Go over there. Go later. I was wondering if intimacy I was, is possible. I, I, was, I, I would like to piss in a cup, please. Uh, I was not living with the person, so the separation was easier than other couple breakups I've heard of that happened during quarantine. After a few months, I got that itch to see what was out in the dating pool and decided to re-download the dating apps. Dabble your thing. Get in there. Uh-huh. I've gone on a few dates, all outdoors. Mm. I've made some really great connections with people who I had things in common with and was able to have good conversations with. Wow. The thing I am struggling with and need advice with is... How do you know if there is chemistry with someone when you are protecting your six-foot personal space bubble? I feel like I am putting people in a, in a default friend zone by not letting them physically closer. How do I know if this is someone I want to risk germs for, but also <laughs> if I'm going to like kissing someone? Uh, tangible advice beyond when you know you know would be so helpful. Oh, boy. I mean, that's a great question. And yeah. obviously the first go-to is like, you'll know yeah. when you want to break that little distance seal and see what's up. Um, and this is, I think, difficult for us to give actual advice on because we've been in a relationship since the start of quarantine. We've been so staring at each other for seven months. We haven't experienced <laughs> this. However, I do have a friend that started dating someone during the pandemic Um and was talking over, like, I think met through a dating app and then finally decided to meet in person. But before they did that, they both went and got COVID tested and, like, showed mm -hmm. each other their results. And so it was a totally fair game 
Yeah. I mean, there is something kind of sexy about that by going like, I like you enough to go get tested and Mm -hmm. show you my results. Weird world that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. And then just know like there's a, there's an open door, but that doesn't mean we're going to walk through that door. Yeah. I'd be worried more about like the, um, the facial cues, like not getting to see people, but I guess if you're apart then they're probably not wearing masks but in mm-hmm. my mind like i'd be more freaked out to date and be wearing masks the whole time well, because you they, wouldn't be able to see like i was thinking about jokes this. are landing yeah that's true if they're smiling or if they're cringing yeah uh well that i this made me think that dating now is almost or is closer to that love is blind dating show <laughs> where you're really just getting to know someone based solely on personality there's no real physicality though you can see this person that you're going on dates with um, good for you, by the way. Good for yeah. getting out there regardless because, you know, you're jumping through the hoops and also, you're doing the work and that's beautiful. I also think it is really cool that you are playing it safe because uh, clearly a lot of people aren't right now and uh, all fucks have been given and people are just, you know, throwing caution to the wind. So I think it's really respectful that you are taking it seriously and protecting yourself and the sub- uh, the other people that you're going on dates with. It, it might be easier too to, what do you think about this, hmm. Grace? Let yeah. me know if you agree with this hot bag of advice. All right. Uh, it might be easier to actually develop a sense of attraction and intimacy because there's a limit, because there's rules in place, mm-hmm. there's a, a boundary, there's this a is prohibition. Like, yeah, this is like why people that grew up Catholic are so horny. Exactly. It's like you don't do it, you can't do it. Can't do like, it, must want. Uh, exactly. So it creates a desire. So if there's no desire and you're doing the six-foot distancing, then I think you definitely have your answer. I think you got to get the heck yeah. out of there. I think um, if you, yeah, I mean, it's. I know you don't want advice that's like when you know, you know, but there is a sense of like, if you're friend zoning everyone immediately just based off proximity, I would question, am I doing this based off proximity or do I want to move closer on the picnic blanket to this person? Yeah. Or am I using proximity as an easy way to subtly let this person down because I'm actually not physically attracted to them? Man, I saw that Match.com commercial they have now and it's like a quarantine Match.com thing. Oh, that they're talking where- over zoom or yeah something. that i was like that's the craziest and yeah. not okay type of thing to be that happening is what everyone's doing but you gotta do it and also there's a whole other world where people are like you're said this person saying they broke up with someone right at the start of yeah. quarantine and that's very sad and i hope everything went as well as it could have and it sounds like it did and good for you for hopping back in it but people that are like stuck in quarantine mm-hmm. that are just like we're in shock half the time that we're doing so well and we're very good yeah burned our house to the ground uh, metaphorically and literally (laughs) uh but it's been a lot of people it's like the opposite the chemistry and intimacy thing isn't just a social distancing thing it's like you have to keep an eye on that if you're also in close proximity Mm -hmm. all the time and in in oversaturated because you got to make sure that you're still treating each other like humans and not just an extension of yourselves yeah of yourself yeah, maybe this is a cool opportunity and this is I mean just trying to find glass half full moments here for you to realize that the getting to know someone's personality and finding that sexy enough to want to touch them physically is a new route because if this is so un- don't I know <laughs> if this is so uncomfortable and everyone's friend zoned maybe it's worth exploring like <laughs> are you ET? I like that so I get you just 
I know. It's like E.T. fingers reaching out to gently caress my shoulder. That's my number one turn on. Get out of here. If you start saying Reese's Pieces, I got to go change my pants. It all makes sense now. (laughs) The... I think there's a there's a question here for me that comes up of like because you've had some really great dates but you still don't know if you want to if you have chemistry with these people like maybe they are truly friend zone like maybe they are maybe you haven't done dating where you have to get to know someone on a personality level first and then a physical side first years ago my um yeah i was advised I by uh i think you're right and i think that because i think people think that if you're going on a date you put a lot of pressure on it and i think 99 yeah. percent of the time it doesn't work and it's not going to work and even if it does work it's temporary so i think that you you, <laughs> you just going just, just uh-huh. going. every noise uh but yeah <laughs> she's like a one-man band yeah she was uh, dead asleep before we started doing there's something that she doesn't like when we start talking not to her to yeah. each other but like around her and she freaks out about um but strange behavior <laughs> strange behavior the <laughs> advice i got was like go on as many dates as you possibly can and just be like nope 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 mm. nope and so that way you find out real quick who you like and you go into it with the expectation that you're probably just going to go. You're learning what you don't like about people as well as what you do like about people. And then the moment you learn that, you can take it into your next thing and have a better, more well-rounded understanding of what you're attracted to. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, there's also... Like, like it took Grace a while to realize she liked like E.T. stuff. Really long time. Yeah. Uh, that was a, a full journey for me. You really like that response? Yeah, just uh, completely checked out. <laughs> no, I'm trying. I'm really trying. I'm racking my brain here to try and figure out because this basically it all boils down again. This all is just distilled when you know you know type of advice. It all is, yeah. Um, but I think you're right that if you keep going on dates because this is a whole new normal uh, way of dating that you are getting to know people in a really different way because I think. Like, we're all losing our minds, right? We're all unraveling a little bit. So you're seeing a side of a person or you're going on a date with a person that probably wasn't like this six months ago. Isn't that crazy? That's a whole thing we should talk about. I know. You might be seeing the most authentic side of this person that had you started, like, getting in a relationship with this person, you wouldn't see till six months into the relationship. You know what I mean? I feel like people, for the most part are more raw and vulnerable because fuck it, everything's fucking yeah, crazy. We're like that that side that is gotta be complicated on top of the giving distance, playing by the rules, mm-hmm. but also trying to figure out if you're physically attracted and uh oh, what if you're physically attracted? That presents a whole new set of obstacles to try and figure out. So to keep you safe, your brain might also be putting these very cool people in the friend zone so you don't even have to worry about the obstacles of figuring out the physicality. Also, your brain might be doing it as a defense mechanism because your brain has a hum of what the heck is going on going on behind it at all times. Unless people, unless maybe you don't, and a lot of people are like, everything's fine. Everything's totally fine. And those are the ones you need to worry about. Yeah. I think that if you meet somebody and like, I'm exactly the same person as I was a year ago, you should run away as quickly as possible. Yeah. That's, I couldn't imagine anything more terrifying than someone being like, I've remained unaffected. <laughs> yeah. That's, that person's going to explode at some point. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're you going to be there. You don't want to be. That's like when you put the rubber bands on a watermelon and you never know when it's going to just fully explode. That person's a watermelon with about 300 
rubber bands wrapped around it at that time. Wow, I didn't even know that's a thing, and I'd love to get a yeah, watermelon. Yeah, you should today. go on YouTube. All right. I also like that we've been giving advice very hard and fast, and then at some point we either immediately retract or give the complete opposite side of that advice. What was the real opposite? <laughs> no, we I stuck by what we we're doing. That I, I feel like I'm just I keep considering all sides of every possible solution to every answer yeah. or to every question. Um, okay. Do we want to do one more? Do we want to get I into... I say one more. I say Okay. Let's... Well, this last one that I picked is kind of heavy. Let's get controversial. It's a little heavy. <laughs> it's called Death, 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 Death is Happening and I'm Curious. All right. All right. So this is the last quick little one for us Good. to go through. I love the structure. <laughs> uh, the past two years, I've experienced a lot of deaths in my life. First was my grandpa on my mom's side and my grandma on my dad's side. Then a friend I met out salsa dancing. Then a bird that I'm bird watching died while I was on duty. She was really old, but still tragic. I've been there. I I house sat when I graduated college and the dog that was in the house that I was house sitting for was super old and died right after I was done house sitting. Then my part time roommate died part time because him and his wife migrate to the south during the cold months. None have been COVID related, so I guess I'm thankful for it. But death is death. My mom and I talk about our death plans a lot since this started happening, so we know what to do when the time comes. I want a natural burial, a.k.a. just stick me in the ground. Do you guys talk about death? If yes, then what's your death plan? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is why I was like to you yesterday. I was like, these questions are fascinating because they're not just, you know, stereotypical relationship questions. It's a wide gamut, which is what we wanted to answer on here. Oh, I love this. Yeah, no, I really, really love it. I thought you were very turned off by this. No, no, no. Um, Thank you for this question. This is, I think, super fascinating because we will joke about it. And I think we both said we want to be cremated. Yes. At least I know that that's what I want. I don't want to be buried in the ground. Everything's. I want the cheapest way to go. Yeah. You can throw me off a cliff. (laughs) I like cremated because it feels. um, But you can spread the ashes. I don't need to have. I don't need to be in an urn somewhere on someone's mantle. Mm. I don't need to be made into a diamond that someone wears around their neck. Like I don't need. Mm. I don't need to be kept around. I can make. I'll make you something. (laughs) Okay. That's great. Wonderful. Uh, I want to be made. Where do you want to have your I wanna, ashes I want to be. I want to be put into some sausage casing in, and then put in a hot dog bun and then shot out of a hot dog cannon. Okay. That's what I want. You want one of those funny funerals. Yeah. I want to I be. I want everybody to come and laugh and have a good time. I mean, what's the alternative? Yeah. It, it's such a, we're such a strange generation that way. And so weirdly, uh. The rituals and stuff that parents and grandparents had, I don't know that our generation tends to have. I don't think we care too much about that. Yeah, I know I I don't. I I also, like, I haven't experienced a ton of death in my life, and I know that that's upcoming for me. So sometimes I think about it, and then sometimes I go, ooh, see? Don't think about that too much. Don't get yourself all wrapped up in something (laughs) right now. Wait for... Yeah, you don't need to go down that road if it's if the, you don't need to travel there. Sometimes when I get kind of high, I become inc- acutely aware of my finitude, and it scares mm-hmm. me a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I also, you know, love hanging out with you, and so in my mind, I'm always like, "Oh, that sucks." Like one day, if this, you know, we get old and we die, uh, yeah. Oh no, that's not fun. But um, yeah, I mean, the, it's a necessary thing mm-hmm. i mean I, I and to talk about it, it's so interesting because we're surrounded by so much death right now and yet we become so desensitized to it yeah the numbers just keep 
piling which up. is why i think i was okay to talk about this a little bit is that yeah it is real and also wildly desensitizing at this moment i do also i'm not a religious religious person um i grew up catholic but i'm not and but i do believe that like that something happens mm-hmm. after because i do i don't i don't believe that there's a heaven or a hell, but I believe like something else goes on in some mystical world after this. Like I really have a hard time and I think it's w- incredibly morbid and depressing and a little selfish to believe like this is it. We've got it. Yeah. And also to, to harken back to the last question, I feel like in talking about being different people since quarantine, I personally have felt more, uh, not religious would be the wrong word, but more spiritual. Yeah, more, more which I guess um, is a type of r- way to be religious. It's the same, you know, sentiments of like I have a belief that something else happens that gives me the strength to feel okay and not com- cry every moment of every day right now as I'm alive. Yeah, and a certain and to appreciate. Yeah, and to appreciate and a certain level of like submitting and being like, okay, the universe is a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. There's we are so much shit that we don't know about that's so going on. Like it will be so incredibly selfish mm-hmm. of me to believe I knew everything that's happening. Hey, yeah. And I think, too, also, it's even kind of foolhardy to think you even know all the time what your beliefs are. I, yeah. didn't, I don't feel like True. I woke up one day in the during this quarantine time and was like, I'm going to be uh, more spiritual now. I'm back. I'm not this like atheistic, cynical Elliot anymore. I don't feel like I decided it. I feel like I realized it. And I was like, oh, okay. That's way, that is actually felt more true to who I was. Not like I was trying to like necessarily comfort myself, even though I'm sure that's a part of it. But um, yeah, death is a crazy thing. I fear my, the death of my parents. That freaks me out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That I know is going to be super tough and I worry about it all the time. And I worry about just the sense of being like, does everybody know that I love them and everybody gets that, you know. Yeah, uh, it's you never know. And yeah, I guess tell people that you love them, I guess. is. The- I think it's cool that you and your mom talk about it, because I think that is uh, the thing it. that makes a parent or child's death so difficult is because you don't talk about it. So mm-hmm. you don't prepare. You don't think about it. You don't allow yourself to try it on emotionally. And so when it happens, it's just a complete shock and yeah. complete like the uh, horrible torment you know um so i think it's really kind of cool and uh, interesting that you and your mom um talk about it and one it's a very uh mature thing to do and responsible thing to do just to create a plan i feel like right now all we can do is create plans yeah. for every possible thing that could happen because you really don't freaking know what's gonna happen and we're just buzzkills we just like to <laughs> yeah <laughs> bum each other out i mean it's not something obviously that i love talking about but i do think that there is huge value in being able to talk about it mm-hmm. um yeah. and like you said i i think yeah you can never truly solidify your beliefs necessarily the cool thing about being a human is the constant evolution of yourself in the world and um you're so learning yeah leaving yourself open to what's the word i'm looking for evolving and changing and reshaping your beliefs as you yeah. the world changes around you and enjoying your doubt a little bit is a fun one if we're gonna get real into enjoying this stuff, your what if i could talk about this stuff forever so it gets it what did you going. say 
uh, giving yourself a room for doubt. Like, oh, doubt, having yeah. having a little bit of like... Enjoying your doubt. That's cute. What bums me out a bunch about what's going on in this situation that we're currently in in the world, if we can just keep getting more and more of a bummer, is it mm. seems like there is a large group of people that have everything figured out, and I can't imagine a worse... Uh, situation to, to be, be in in life that you think you've got it figured out or yeah. that you think you're either done or that you've got some handle on this I, I just feel like you there's one type of having a handle where it keeps your sanity and there's another type of uh having a handle on it that is actually i think making you more insane because you're pretending mm. that you got it all figured out and this the universe is too crazy and life is too nuts to feel like you uh you can keep track of everything going on I think that's so. really well said. Is it? I don't know. I think that's great. I'm very hopeful because it does, when you relinquish control a little bit in that way, um, I think you get a little happier. How crazy is it that you are dead for like eternity and then for like a blink, you're like around and then you're dead for like another eternity. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean. Like you weren't here. You were, you weren't alive. And then you now you are for a second, and then you're not gonna be. Yeah. Like a movie. It's like you get like yeah. You get a, a little a couple hours of playtime, and yeah. then uh, yeah, you're done. And then a little hour of playtime, yeah. So enjoy everything back. that's going on right now. <laughs> uh, pet those blind dogs. Okay, speaking of things that I don't last forever. <laughs> Speaking of things that only exist for short periods of time, let's talk about the most recent episode of Married at First Sight. Um, I posted a thing on Twitter that was uh, a bunch of people were like, Hank Green, John Green. It was the it was Bennett. I oh, yeah, that yeah, thing. yeah. Bennett has this monologue. Can I play the monologue? Do you Please mind? do. It's it? the it encapsulates. It's one of the greatest pieces, sound bites uh, that I've ever seen on a reality program in general. Yep. It really is. And it uh, and I've been saying since the very first episode that Bennett reminds me of John Green. Yeah, and His... everyone confirmed it. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, I'm not Here we alone. go. I don't know if how good this quality is going to be. That uh, it perfectly, perfectly <laughs> encapsulates everything that's happening. I mean, I expected I signed I, up for it. It's just surreal and strange. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. He's my favorite. He's my favorite person uh, on television right They're, now. The two of them together are... Uh, Oh, really? They just continue to be a better and better couple. And this is the first week that I went and I checked Twitter and what Twitter was saying about the show afterwards. And yeah, Twitter confirms that them, uh, Bennett and Amelia and Woody and Amani are like two great couples going strong. Except this episode, Woody disappointed me a little bit. Uh, and Pastor Cal impressed me quite a bit. Really? Yeah, because in the conversation Woody and Amani are having... Pastor Cal stirs the pot a little bit because they're riding high. They're like having a great, easygoing relationship. And then Pastor Cal says something along the lines of like, but what could mess this all up? What's something that could like ruin this for you? And uh, and then Woody said he tried to make a uh, metaphor that if Amani were to like cut off all her hair one day and come back bald, 
that would be extremely bad because he didn't have a say in that decision. And that seemed very... Uh, don't do that. Yeah, it was like a record player scratch. No, what are you talking about? Do you hear yourself? And she even said to Vester Count, do you hear him? And he's like, I hear him, yeah. And uh, But then Pastor Cow was able to get to the root, which is that Woody in a previous relationship was with someone who got pregnant and they decided to terminate the pregnancy without getting his full permission. So he's got this scar about people making decisions on their bodies without him. And I don't think, obviously, that he realizes the difference between that situation. There's a slight difference if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, We're not going to dive uh, into the differences in these two scenarios. But. but this is why I was like, thank God Pastor Cal is there because this is a conversation that needs to be like facilitated and mediated because, and I still don't think he understood the Woody. Woody. I don't think he fully got what was what being was, shown to him. What was Pastor Cow's response? Because I was, I was like, this is emotional manipulation. This is not. It's, yeah, you're, you're you're upping the ante to an umpteenth degree. If you're like, you have to tell me if you cut your hair because one time something bad happened to me. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I think he was trying to go. You see the difference between and even Amani. God bless her. She did not lose her cool. Just, she was just like. Cucumber. She was like, I understand why you would be upset about that previous situation in your relationship. That's different than me and my body and my hair. Like, if I'm going to go cut my hair and come back, I don't need your permission to do that. But like, yeah, having a baby is a major decision between a couple. Yeah. And I think they got to work a little harder for to really make it clear to him the difference of those two situations. It's like one of those little things that like pops out of like the dude's mouth and then it's like you should just you should suck it back into their mouth and you But no, I'm like for the sake of their good relationship. Not him sharing that stuff. No, I know, but I'm I'm like, oh, I'm glad this came up so early for them because this could be a really bad thing later on if this showed up, you know, in some way. But for him to like present here's my previous trauma and because of that now i have these associations with this that aren't the right associations like i think then they can work to go okay we're gonna work on this wound this trauma and help you like work through that so this doesn't keep getting associated and mapped on everything that Amani does in this new relationship. Grace, I appreciate what you're saying. I'm going to slightly give you a little bit of pushback here. Please do. I think there's a little bit of BS happening and a little bit of trying to get away, a little bit of trying to sidestep out the side door on uh-huh. that conversation from Woody. And I think that it's a boundaries conversation and it's a way of changing the subject and moving the goalpost a little bit. I'm going to use as many metaphors in one sentence. I'm not following you. It's like if you, if, if you're, uh, if I say something to you Uh where I'm like, you can't do this Mm -hmm. or you need to ask me first, which happens a lot. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, well it's like a boundary thing. Like you can't, I can't impose upon you a rule that Uh you with your own hair Uh that you have to come to me. Okay. And then you're like, that's a problem. And then I go, oh, well, you can't be upset with me because what happened is this bad thing happened to me one time. And so it's like, okay, well, we can talk about that thing for sure because that's a huge thing. It's Mm -hmm. way more important. Yeah. But that's totally separate than this thing. And then, yeah, then you get to the working through that stuff. Right. I'm saying that they have to like, no, he can't use it like that. I'm saying to recognize. This is such a serious I know. But we started with a blind dog. But I'm saying that. 
for him to bring up that he's got this harmful association because of that thing is great to see immediately to go okay we're going to work to start disconnecting your previous pain and because you keep mapping it onto me because you haven't handled that and that is so different than me getting my hair cut i'm like cool glad this red flag came up that they can start untangling for him so he doesn't continue to ruin the relationship and tell Amani that she can't do certain things because he hasn't figured this other thing out for himself. Yeah. Also like the girl who's dating and social distancing and stuff, like the distance that you're having could create a boundary that could create a desire to like be closer to the person because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to because of the social distancing or whatever. Similarly, I feel like if, if you're like, you can't cut your hair unless yeah. you tell me first, it's going to create a desire in your partner to do something, yeah. not to make both of you happy, but to prove her own independence rightfully so and that's not right. fun you'd rather somebody go get whatever haircut they want and you would hope that they want you to like it right. you would assume that they would but you don't want to take that away from them by being uh no i'm uh, but yes. for if i'm Amani, i go cool this is going to be difficult but at least i i now know when you tell me something where it's coming from and i can go i'm not your previous relationship i'm not going to get pregnant and get rid of the baby um that this is coming from I'm simply going to go get my hair cut, okay? And, like, start to slowly diffuse that, like, trigger for that person. It is funny to imagine her saying that, though, with just a totally shaved head. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do. I mean, I think that there's still hope, and it's... it's oh, they're I mean, great. And the fact that they're getting to their, like, major, you know, triggers immediately, and I'm like, cool, work through this right away. This Beautiful. is great. That's the biggest problem. And the fact that Imani was open and heard him, like, I thought that was so cool of her. She Wonderful. just continues to impress me. She's sweetie. Um, then She's on, sweetie. On the other side of that is Brett and Olivia, uh, who everyone keeps comparing Brett to Zach, um, to Luke. And to, uh, I forget his name, but the basketball player from that other oh, season. Oh, is that who that yeah, was? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's that guy. He's that definitely that arc, uh, character. Arc but arc. I will say this episode, though, like, even though he tends to rub me the wrong way here and there, when she was talking about her finances was their big conversation and how she's worried that because he doesn't make a certain amount of money, she's going to have to compromise her lifestyle because she's not going to pay for him to travel with her and he can't afford it. So what's he going to do? I was like, oh, shoot. He, I mean, I I give him credit in that conversation of being like, I only make a certain amount of money. So if you foot the bill, I'd love to travel the world with you. And she's like, I'm not going to do that. And he's like, well, we're at a standstill. These I don't are know. the situations. <laughs> and so, yeah, and she was getting more and more upset. And I love an independent woman. And I'm very much the same of Olivia. Like, I'd rather spend money on experiences than like a purse yeah. or shoes or something. Uh, but... And I understand that insecurity of feeling like, oh, I am going to be the breadwinner for this relationship. I don't know what the solution is. You've never is. had to deal with that. Um, <laughs> so count your stars. But I don't know what her, I don't know what she wanted. I'm, I mean, clearly it's something that bothers her. But I also think that Brett's just getting on her nerves in yeah. general. And that she's, the money thing is an easy way to be like, see? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I think I mean, to be honest, like that whole conversation was so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. Uh, and it was it was interesting to see. Oh, yeah. When they did, they pranked you. They pranked you on that show because they he got up at one point and you just went, he's walking out because of that. And the music changed. and It was super dramatic because she had just started crying about him not making enough money to travel with her. And he got up and he walked out of frame 
And then they turned the camera and he was just walking to the other side of the room to get her tissues. You got yeah. pranked. You thought he was storming out. I got to have an, I got to play you guys another video though of uh, my girlfriend just railing on me <laughs> for like a really long you time. Didn't... Listen, listen. I'm That's just Grace going just up. making fun of me for 20 minutes going, you got got. You got got. He just went and got tissues. You got got. You thought that music changes oh, him careful. storming out of the whole apartment. <laughs> you got got. That editor fucking got you. It was very funny. And yeah, it did get me. And yeah. they did the little reality show thing and they got me. It was great. Uh, quickly. I talk about the devil. Miles and Karen. Don't make me talk about them. About what? Miles and Karen are great. I don't want to talk about this. Oh, what? What are you talking about? Henry. Oh, Henry. Okay. Miles and Karen are okay. Karen clearly isn't attracted to Miles. Miles is a good dude. He's too sweet. She likes a guy that like ruins her emotions, it seems like. And he's too nice and accommodating. And so she seems to be a little closed off. And she's worried that he's going to hurt her, which I she's been hurt. I, I feel for both of them. I think it's a really tough situation. I saw Twitter is like going in on Karen and saying that she's like Katie from last season. And I feel bad for her because she was clearly super hurt from her last relationship. The guy cheated on her and had a baby with someone else. And so I just don't think in general Karen was maybe ready for this show regardless of who they paired her with. And it's a little unfortunate because Miles is trying his best and in his emotions in his emotions that dude has one he's, a, mean, he's a, a sweetie he is a sweetie and he's dealing with a lot and the fact that he's open about it and being sensitive i think is really cool and really important he's to being see himself. it's beautiful but to see like a young adult man talk openly about feeling depressed and having clinical depression you don't see that on television and i think that's really important and that's why it makes us uncomfortable is because yeah. it's not normal and i think that he's doing a really good service to a lot of young men that don't know how to deal with their feelings and haven't sought help and haven't tried to figure themselves out. Instead, toxic masculinity pushes them down and oh, a big strong man like comes mm-hmm. out and that's a lot more harmful than someone explaining to their recent wife that they have clinical depression. She definitely seems to be like... The- I don't know that she's the right in the right space emotionally to work with this. Yeah. So. She's not in that stage. Yeah. She seems to want somebody who's like, she wants to jerk. Yeah. I think she's just going to be kind of closed off and distant and they're going to not work out is my assumption. Yeah. It's like, he's representing sort of the amount of work that he's clearly done work on himself. He yeah. understands himself. He takes himself, himself very seriously. And, uh, it, all of the fruits of his labor of introspection and of getting to, you know, becoming mm-hmm. a fully formed person uh it, it is a good metaphor that sometimes it can just not be what somebody's into yeah and that's, uh, part that of said he also had 10 previous relationships so in 10 years uh in 10 years so i, I who know it's hard to track where the emotional legitimacy i don't know i i wish them the best uh and then you have christina and henry and uh <laughs> I don't know what's going to go on. Christina. Lawsuits. Well, they went to each other's homes to get their stuff to move in together in their apartments. And we got to see Henry's weird little studio apartment with a tiny little closet kitchen. And it's, you know, he's a he's an introverted, like quiet dude. And then she just said that she basically lives in her car. Also, like, but that's everyone on Twitter was like, did we just learn that Christina's homeless this episode? But also, I respect if she's like, I don't want 
you to come to my house. I just met you. Yeah, like, I would respect that. That's not what she did. Uh, she was like, yeah. It's all out of my car. And also, though, his kitchen is in the ground. <laughs> it's a bunker kitchen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also, he lo- he made up some weird thing about having like a party. And it was spoken like someone who has never been to a party, let alone throw one. And then yeah. it cuts to her. And she's like, he's never going to throw a party. He doesn't have. He doesn't I In their situation. Oh, I've, and then I've, at one point, he says all of his friends moved away. Oh, and that he plays video games with their children. Anyway, yeah. is this the saddest episode of this podcast we've ever done? <laughs> no, I think it's good. The happiest thing we talked about was a blind dog. Yeah, that's okay. In the state of the world, these are important conversations, I think. I don't know. Um, I I feel the most for the camera crew that has to be on Christina. <laughs> Henry. No, they're having like, the amount of eye contact that they're making. Oh, just... I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a tough situation all the way around. Uh, we'll see how long it goes for. I can't imagine what comes up when they have to quarantine together. And Married at First Sight in Australia has just become the most scripted reality yeah. show that I've ever oh, seen. That was so fun at first, and now it is just so scripted seeming. And in like the comparison of these two shows, it's just like, this seems so real-ish yeah and then real and uncomfortable and awkward like in all of its like marinated socially awkward human juices kind of thing and then the australian version is just like so it's like someone made uh you know uh, the, well, I'm losing a metaphor. There. I was gonna say this is like this is like a the U.S. There version is, is like a, a uh-huh. sloppy homemade yeah. tuna fish sandwich, and then the Australian version is like one of those fake roasted turkeys they use in like Target commercials for Thanksgiving sales. That they spray with something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really you got there. Okay, <sighs> I have exhausted so much of my brain. <laughs> Also, I hope any of this was well, helpful or enjoyable in any capacity. Who knows? Y'all let us know. You can email us at pilotonpodcast at gmail.com. Please do. To give us uh, wonderful entries. You guys Thank are saying you. really sweet things. Thank you. It'll be me choosing the prompts yes. next week. Um, and uh, also, though, we tried watching that show that some of y'all recommended, which was like a survivor thing on Discovery that's like the uh, incredible race or the oh, most difficult like the race. Most of, yeah, the hardest race on yeah, earth or something. I couldn't get it. It's, it didn't, I mean, it's, didn't in, hook me. it's fine. I'm just uh, yeah it's 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 interesting these people are superhuman so it's so unrelatable to me and there's no there's no backstabbing (laughs) yeah that's what we miss we're like it's like survivor but just just physical challenges (laughs) cool it's just stuff I could never do all right it's like watching that there's no psychological warfare no uh also Lovecraft Country is really good we were watching that we can get out of here let's get out of here see you next week 